Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples' Journey. This episode, we'll dive into section 66 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Section 66, um, like other sections, um, a member of the church approaches Joseph and says, Would you ask the Lord concerning me? Joseph does, receives a revelation, and we have it recorded here. So section 66 was um, at the request of William E. McClellan. Uh, he's a sneaky little little bugger. He had asked the Lord some questions. Um, and basically it said, I'm going to go ask Joseph to ask you to give me the answer to tell if he's a real prophet. Didn't tell Joseph that he'd asked these questions. Didn't tell Joseph what the questions were. We don't know what they were, but what we do know is that after receiving this revelation, he said that he was wholly satisfied that Joseph was a prophet and that all of his questions had been answered. Um, so there's that. It's interesting because here's a guy, what did he seek? Now, um, he sought for a sign, right? And it's, when you look at it this way, it's kind of unsurprising to learn that William E. McClellan apostatized from the church later. His his testimony of Joseph Smith was that he was given a sign by Joseph. It wasn't that he prayed and asked God and felt the Spirit testify to him and put it inside of him somewhere that no man could remove it. No. And so that's interesting to me because verse 10 says, Seek not to be cumbered uh, for sake of all unrighteousness. Commit not adultery, a temptation with which thou hast been troubled. It says that, right? I think it's fair to say he's probably talking about sexual sin. However, a wicked and adulterous generation seek after signs. And we talked about this uh, in a a previous section that why is, why is that referred to and um, likened to adultery? Well, because you want revelation. You want some power of some sign without paying the price for priesthood power without paying the price for personal revelation. You just want the sign to come to you. What is adultery? Adultery is you want something without paying the price for it. And so to me, it seems as though that's, and and maybe I'm out of line here. Honestly, maybe I am, but it seems like maybe that's also what the Lord is saying to Elder or to William McClellan. By the way, if you can hear my dog barking, I apologize. Um, he's like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the movie Madagascar 2. And there's a little guy who uh, loves King Julian and his name is Mort. And uh, King Julian just always, always like, oh, Mort, he's so annoying. That's kind of like my dog. So he's just, I apologize. Anyway, like I said, I think that maybe that's one thing that the Lord is saying to William E. McClellan here. So don't don't get hung up on things, don't, wanting things that you don't want to pay the price for. So, uh, the Lord says to William, "You are clean, but not all. Repent, therefore, of those things which thou are not pleasing, which are not pleasing in my sight." Say the Lord, the Lord will show them unto you. That's a promise. I think that I this stood out to me. 
And I think that maybe me, I can learn from, I think probably all of us, is that if we're willing to go to the Lord with real humility, he will show us exactly what things we need to repent of. Sometimes it's easy for us to see the things that are cumbersome to us, right? The the adultery here. I mean, the, the, the Lord points out in verse 10. Those things are cumbersome and probably get in our way. And whether it's adultery or some other sin, there are things, I think, that easily beset us and that we can say, like, yeah, that's that's a thing that I need to work on. But there are probably a lot of things that we're blind to. And if we, you know, we're repenting of those things or trying to overcome the things that easily beset us that are cumbersome to us, then we think, all right, we're doing all right. But the Lord will say to us, you're clean, but not all. Repent and I'll show you, I'll show you the things that you need to repent of. So continue to repent and, but be willing for me to tell you what, be humble with an open mind and an open heart to hear and to know what things need to change. Because it's easy for us to go and say, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis would say, um, you go to a dentist, you have a, 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 you know, maybe a sore tooth. And so you're thinking like, hey, dentist, look at this tooth. It's the one that's bugging me. And that's like the, that's like the sins that easily beset us or that are cumbersome. And so you go there expecting, hey, just pull that one out or fill that one and we'll be good to go. But then maybe he notices that another tooth has a cavity. And so he starts drilling that one. You're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa now. I didn't come to you for that one. I came to you for this one. That's like going to the Lord, right? The Lord is like, well, yeah, I I mean, I don't want you to just fix this thing. I don't want you to just become a better version of you. I want to give you myself. I want you to become like me. Yeah, you you saw this one that just gets in your way, right? Like, Maybe you're ill-tempered, and so it hurts your uh, family life and at work. And so you're like, if I just get rid of that, then I'd be good. But maybe there's other. Maybe you're also prideful in some in some regard. I don't know, whatever, right? But like, you don't see that one, maybe. But if you go to the Lord, He says, "I don't want just this tooth. I'm going to fix the whole thing." So, um. And, and and the reason why is because he sees the end. He sees where this one little thing, though may not be be uh, big to you, if, but if it's followed to its end, he sees the end of that path. And it's not next to him. So, uh, how cumbersome is sexual sin? And I'm going to relate this. is from Elder Spencer J.B. Kimball. But I'm going to relate this to all Real, I mean, really all sins, because I think it does relate. To want, to, de- to desire, to crave, that is to lust. So when the thought is born, which starts a chain reaction, a sin has already been committed. If the thought is sown, then develops into lust, it is almost certain to bring eventually the full harvest of the act of the heinous sin, adultery. Adultery is not the result of a single thought. There first is a deterioration of thinking. Many sinful chain thoughts have been coursing through the offender's mind before the physical sin is committed. Yes, as a man thinketh, so does he. If he thinketh it long enough, he is likely to do it, whether it be the theft, moral sin, or some other act. Thus, the time to protect against the calamity is when the thought begins to shape itself. Destroy the seed, and the plant will never grow. Man alone of all, cre- of all creatures of earth can change his thought patterns and become the architect of his destiny. So he's, he's talking specifically about 
lust and sexual sin, adultery, but any sin. The Lord sees the little seed. We go to him with the dentist. Remember, think back to that I just talked about. We go to him for this one tooth, but he sees this other maybe tiny little cavity starting to form or some weak enamel, whatever. And he said, we got to take care of this now. If we kill this seed, it will never become a cavity. Stop the thought before it even starts or right when it starts so that it doesn't come become the next thought and the next thought and the next thought and the next thought, right? We never do anything without thinking about it first. And it's this path. It's the, it's the degrees. It's getting off by degrees. That's why in section 64, the Lord said, He that is tithed shall not be burned at his coming because by choosing to tithe, we're protecting ourselves because we'll be worthy of the Spirit. We'll have the, the, the power of the priesthood from our covenants that we've made. If we don't tithe, we're gonna, we forfeit that. And that's one decision. And then that leads to another and another and another and another. And the end of that road is not good. And the Lord, as I mentioned in, in, in section 65, he sees the end from the beginning. He sees down the, he sees all the way at the end. He sees where the path, the path that we're on leads. So he wants us to make sure we're on the right path. And then he wants to give us counsel and direction for what's up ahead on that path. Because he sees ahead of thing and uh, sees the things that we can't see. This is my testimony that as we turn to Christ, he will help us overcome the sins that do easily beset us and that are cumbersome to us. But he will also guide us, sometimes gently and sometimes not gently, to see other sins and other things that we should repent of. And as we do repent of those, he will help us and he will forgive us. He loves us and repentance is his plan. Repentance is the path back to him. Thanks for listening. Best of luck in your studies this week, and I hope to talk to you soon.